You ever been at a place where you realize you have to have people on your team in order to complete a project or a task or maybe even something as big as a vision and you just can't get along with one or two of them? What do you do with that? How do you fix that? What are your choices? We're going to deal with that in today's episode. Welcome to the Pioneer Cast. This is Dwayne Abels, founder and president of Pioneer IQ. I hope over the course of the next few minutes, you're able to pick something up that helps you to be a more effective leader, helps you to maximize the people on your team, and helps you deploy and lead those teams to do something significant in your community. So Dr. Charlie Cartwright is here once again. Charlie, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Love being here. Pretty much a staple. I don't even know I introduce you anymore. <laughs> Everybody knows. Here we were literally at a DBIA conference, or I was at a DBIA conference uh, back in February, and I'm walking, literally just walked off the stage. There's a couple hundred people in the room, and uh, walked into the trade show area, which is where they had you know kind of the dining hall. And I'm frankly kind of worn out, and I literally hear someone yelling across the room. You know, probably 20, 30 yards from me. Where's Doctor Charlie? <laughs> Who in the what? He's not even. I'm talking to myself. He's not even here. What they're yelling about, Doctor Charlie? So I look over, guy that I've never even met before, who now happens to be a client. Love the man, but everybody knows Doctor Charlie's around, right? So we just need to stop introducing you. But I do appreciate. I do love doing the podcast with you. Thanks for hanging out and uh, providing your wisdom. So this this is a tough subject, and you, I have seen you do some crazy, amazing things in situations that I've even witnessed, right, with clients where they were genuinely not going to get along. I mean, at the point of almost going to blows. And, um, you know, she was going to whoop his ass. I was quite convinced of that. <laughs> and Charlie knows what I'm talking about. But you've done a great job of helping to diffuse some of those environments and maybe more importantly working with those individuals to understand how to overcome that confrontation because we do get in circumstances where we just genuinely can't kick those people off our team. Like, we're going to have to deal with them. Kind of like somebody in our home. So help us understand a few things that we can do to, to, to overcome that big disagreement with someone who's on our team that we just have to work with. Yeah, so this is a great subject, and it's something I struggle with for years. I mean, a big struggle. And tried all these different strategies of avoidance, of just... And it, it didn't work, right? And I still had those harsh feelings, right? I still had hard feelings. So even if I figured out how to somehow mitigate my exposure to the individual or individuals, I still had those harsh feelings and uh, struggled with it. So finally, I'm reading, which I do a lot of, and this quote changed. It was a life changer for me. And uh, I want to share it with you all today because it, I built the whole strategy around it. And it's something that Abraham Lincoln said. And that's my favorite president is Abraham Lincoln, mm -hmm. just for a lot of a lot of reasons, so much admiration for who he was. And uh, this was after the Civil War had ended. He's given a speech and to a group of people in the North, and he said, hey, we need to you know, embrace our brothers and sisters from the South. Mm. And a woman in the audience raised her hand and said, are you asking us? to embrace our enemies. And his response was all time great. He said, Madam, if I turn my enemy into my friend, is my enemy not destroyed? Mm, that's good. Right? Not, not defeated. Because mm -hmm. what happens when we win an argument? There's another one. Mm -hmm. What happens when we win a battle? Mm -hmm. There's another one. 
Because they're just going to, our enemy's just going to regroup, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to come again and again and again. But when our enemy is destroyed, there's no more argument. Mm-hmm. There's no more battle. Mm-hmm. There's no more war. As a matter of fact, they've been turned into our friend. Now they're our ally. Mm. So how do we turn our enemies into our friends? How do you treat your friends? What do you say to them? Mm-hmm. What do you do for them? We need to do that for and with the people that we don't get along with. And magic happens. So when you think about making the magic happen, right, what are some practical, tactical things that you would recommend people do if they choose, like you just said, to take the higher road and to lead in through in and through that particular situation? So what, what are one or two things that you would recommend someone do to, to help overcome that situation? Yeah, so... <clears throat> First thing is that we start all conversations off with respect. Mm-hmm. We have to be respectful. Anytime that another human being senses we're not being respectful, the conversation's over. Yeah, They're just waiting for us to stop talking. Yeah, we've seen that right? over and over. Over and over again. So we got to start with respect. Mm-hmm. It's number one. And for those out there that love the data, there's somebody listening right now thinking, where's the data on that, right? Mm-hmm. The Mercer Group conducted a research study and what is most important to people at work, right? And not just the United States, but around the world. So they literally went to all four corners of the globe, visited 22 nations, and put together a top 12 list in every nation. And money was all on the list, of course. Got to pay the bills. But I was surprised that money never finished higher than number eight in any nation. But the big shocker was number one was universal. So we're talking Japan, Africa, Mexico, Canada, Australia, UK, United States. Number one was respect. Mm. We have to start there. Mm-hmm. And when we start with respect, now we can have a dialogue. Mm-hmm. But without respect, there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yep, I totally agree. That first step is respect, and that kind of shows the other person that you're qualified for a conversation at that point. All right, what's the second point? So the second point, so we've got the respect, right? Now we need to gain their perspective, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Take the time. That's hard for me, Charlie. Right? That's Take hard the for time me, to gain their perspective, right? Because, and I, and I love using the, and I have an example. I, I, I put audiences, you know, where they're, they take a finger and their index finger and they raise it above their head and I start having them rotate it in a clockwise direction. So you can do this for yourself when you have time, not when you're driving to your car. But when you have time, you you wrote you you put your point your index finger either hand to the ceiling and you rotate it above your head in a clockwise direction. So you look it up, you make sure it's clockwise, and then you lower that. You continue to lower that finger and 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 continue spinning in a clockwise direction. You keep lowering that finger until it's below your chin, and then when you look down at your chin, you'll see that it is now rotating counterclockwise. And you're like, how the heck did this happen? I didn't change the rotation. But what you changed was your perspective on the rotation. Mm. So when we take the time to gain the perspective of another human being, we're establishing trust there. Mm-hmm. And now we can have a conversation. Because in that exercise, anyone that's looking up is always going to see clockwise rotation. Anyone that's looking down is always going to see counterclockwise rotation. Mm. So now when they have a discussion, are they going to agree on the direction? No. But when they take the time to gain the other individual's perspective, they're going to see that both opinions are correct from their perspective. Mm-hmm. 
And so that is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's also a sign of respect that you've taken the time to mm-hmm. understand and then learn what my perspective is. It just seems like our world is not interested in that. I mean, it may be, and it probably is on a personal level, but man, it is so not prevalent in what you read, what you see in the news, what you see in social media. But I think the reality is, is, is we need perspectives to really make great decisions. And I think that's where design and construction leaders get into a little bit of trouble is we have so much work coming in. We have so many needs on these job sites and with, within our partnerships that we're not taking the time to really understand the perspective of the trade person or the or other people on the team, maybe the architect, the engineer, whatever. And what we notice is that you can have extremely confrontational teams that actually are on the same page about really important beliefs or subjects, and they just live in the world of disagreement just because they're not taking the time to understand each other's perception. Yeah, and and, it, and it's interesting. We just finished uh, creating a podcast for Construction Safety Week, and you know, sometimes safety gets put on the back burner mm. in the industry, right? Because we're going to rush to get the project done, mm-hmm. right? That's a fact, okay? Shouldn't happen, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Now let's, let's let's look at safety from a different perspective in a different industry. In aviation, mm. do you think they ever take off without? Mm-hmm. That never gets skipped. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Ever. Yeah. It's not even an option. Yeah. Right? Right. Sorry, sir. You're going to be late because we got to de-ice the plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, well, I got to de-ice the plane. Well, because we want to fly the plane. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll end up in a cornfield mm-hmm. in a fiery blaze. Is that okay yeah. with you? Yeah, let's go ahead and de-ice the plane. Mm-hmm. So it's such a different perspective, and we've got to understand that and bring that into our conversation. Well, that's a great point. You really made me uh, think about this concept that we've talked a little bit about, um, which is you know talking about perspective, but specifically People don't understand, some of them do, not everybody understands, that there are a lot of things that trump productivity. (laughs) There are a lot of things that trump profitability. Safety trumps profitability, right? Productivity doesn't rake as high as safety. It's, It's such a such a great point you're making there to really understand perspective. Um, so the other thing I think is really important for us to think about is the reality of bad choices when we start to think about teams. And this is getting into a mindset of being proactive to that. Um, We see a lot of teams just live in the world of disagreement. And ultimately, those teams should have never been put together because they fundamentally don't have the same beliefs. You know, and, and even though this sounds like a really simple concept, in order to help work through conflict is to avoid the conflict early on as you're making a decision on people for your team subcontractors or trade partners for your team, engineer for your team, contractor for your team, right? Even choosing the right owners. I was in a meeting uh, two weeks ago at the DBI regional conference in Mid- at the Mid-America chapter in Kansas City. And a guy walked up to me and said, hey, man, you, you, somebody needs to be talking to owners specifically on how they're treating our teams. We're, and he said, we're literally making a choice to walk away from the largest buyer of design and construction services on planet Earth. That's U.S. government. We're not doing any more federal projects because of how they treat the people on our team. It's interesting. We want to talk about avoiding conflict or or mitigating conflict. Sometimes it's up to a few of us when we're choosing teams just to flat out avoid it based on the choices. Yeah. You know, and when we're talking about just those individuals we have trouble dealing with, and if we avoid them, uh, unresolved conflict is still conflict. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Which is avoiding it. It's still yeah. conflict. So anytime we come back into proximity with that individual, it starts again, mm-hmm. right? And so it's so important that we, you know, get that addressed mm-hmm. directly and turn our uh, enemy into our friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, I think the truth is, as you look at conflict, at the end of the day, most people in industry, they don't live for conflict, right? It's something that most people just want to avoid or work through. I think what it takes is someone who has the courage to step above the situation and choose to love and respect that person, understand their perspective and see if you can figure out mutually some sort of a solution. All right, our cultures are in dire need of that. You know, employee engagement is one of the top things that we work on and, and these types of disagreements really affect that. I just hope that through this conversation it's given you a little bit of courage to step up and be the person that, that chooses to lead through the conflict. Now more than ever, people need you. Lead on.